Do ADHD meds help? To tell you the truth, I don't know. I'm going on the journey to try and figure that out, so... I'm going to share that with you. Hello, I'm Olivia D'Souza. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm a content and podcast expert. I support visionary entrepreneurs and leaders passionate about living with purpose. Join me as we explore podcasting, life, business, and authenticity. Subscribe for meaningful conversations with a business buddy who gets what it's like. Welcome to Magnetic Pod. I'm stepping in the next so if you don't already know, I have shared about having ADHD. It was an epiphany I had back in 2022 where I saw some social media posts and they described what it's like having ADHD as an adult. And I went, what do you mean? That just sounds like me. That's <laughs> What do you mean? That means you have ADHD. What do you mean? That's an executive dysfunction disorder. I'm disordered. What? <laughs> and I couldn't unsee it. And I went on this roller coaster of emotions. There was a social media post about someone driving a car and seeing this little lolly or something that they meant to throw out and they go, oh, yeah, I'll throw that out at the next stop where I, when I stop at, say, I don't know, the petrol station. I can't remember exactly how it goes. And then they get to the petrol station and they go and fill up with petrol and do all the things and get in the car and keep going and they completely forgot to throw out the lolly and then they, oh, never mind, I will do it at the next place I'm going to, you know, go and buy some things from Woolworths and then they go to buy some things from Woolworths and they go out and they come in and they drive off and the lolly's still there. They forgot again. And then they go, okay, I'll do it. I've got to make a stop on the way home. And so they, they make a stop at you know, whatever it was, and go out, do the thing, come back, drive along in the car, and then realize, oh, oops, I did it again. The lolly's still there, the, the, you know, the half-eaten lolly or whatever it is, still there, got to throw it out. And then they finally get home, go in the house, and the next day come back to the car, get in the car for the next day activities and go, it's still there, and they burst into tears, and then someone's with them goes, well, that's not such a big deal, and it's like, yeah, but this is just one thing. This is my whole life, and I went, uh, okay, I can kind of relate to that, and, you know, I went down this rabbit hole of seeing things like people that lose their phone or their keys or whatever. Okay, everybody does, okay, don't they? I think everybody does, but if it's a constant thing, if you're one of the people who regularly uses the Find My Phone app, hmm, if you're a person that bought a special Bluetooth thing to go on your key ring so that every time you lost your phone, lost your keys, you could, you know, use the apps to make your keys go beep, beep, beep. Yeah. If you're out in the bathroom and you look at the fact that you need more toilet paper or, or your toothpaste is running out and then you walk out the doorway of the bathroom and it's like da, 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 like what. <laughs> whatever intentions you had to go and put write that on the shopping list have just evaporated. If you are a person that whose car always descends into a mess and then you grab some sort of box every now and then and just <laughs> scrape everything out, but every time you tidy up your house, you tidy up your car, you know that it's going to just descend into this disarray again that you kind of are nervous to give somebody a lift you know if there's if you're out somewhere and there's some impromptu situation where someone might need a lift and you're like oh that would be embarrassing I don't want to invite you to my car (laughs) 
if you're someone who never invites anyone to your house or like it's just because you're scared of being judged of the state of your home, if you sometimes, you know, get behind in your paperwork and, you know, book like I hate, hate bookkeeping and certain life admin things that you have to deal with that I think just if the fact that just remembering dates, being on time and keeping a track of all the bloody school notifications and a certain amount of it, I don't know because this is how I am. So I, I do understand that it must be a hard thing for some people to believe as a legitimate diagnosis. I kind of get that in some ways because is there anyone that doesn't hate <laughs> all the apps? for the Like I love my school. I love where my kids go, where my son goes and there's no criticism actually i think they've got a pretty good system of telling you what to read and what to take note notice off but just all the notifications of what's happening on what days and what days they're having a short day so you've got to arrange a holiday program or pick up your kid early or have a you know remember that it's this uniform or that uniform or this costume and don't you know like all the things i just find everything a massive pain in the bum and surely I don't know how much of it is ADHD and how much of it everyone finds <laughs> pain in the bum. But I did, I do realize when I looked at my life that, and I went down the rabbit hole of what it's like to have ADHD that I, I self-identified. And I, I know that there's a whole controversy about self-diagnosis, which is fair enough. But I think of it as very, I, I think of it as a team thing because I've heard of people getting diagnosed and the fact that I talk the way I do and then go off on tangents and think of different things as I do, that's freaking ADHD. But I, I think actually self-diagnosis is legitimate to a point because if someone diagnoses you with something, especially about how your brain works and you don't agree with it, sometimes like I've heard of stories of people being diagnosed and it, they didn't feel right and then when they got the right diagnosis they went, ah, everything makes sense now so i i think it's a when it comes to diagnosis it's not just some external expert bestowing upon you a diagnosis because they have to talk to you and get to know you so well and understand you from the inside out that you're going to know if it's right or not so i think there is some credibility in going down a rabbit hole and knowing so much about it that you kind of go, well, I, I freaking know that this is me. As long as you're not sort of, of course, watching stuff that's actual misinformation. But anyway, I digress. Medication. So what happened with me is when I discovered, realised that I had it, I was desperate to get diagnosed. And I was I heard a lot about it being hard as an adult to get diagnosed and that a lot of women weren't being diagnosed with anxiety or other things instead of this and this the ADHD was actually the thing causing anxiety in their life and because they performed well at school or because they if they couldn't have if they didn't have school reports or didn't have outside people concurring with what they believed about themselves then they might not get the diagnosis and so I was scared of this happening so I do not, I don't have any school reports anymore. Like that was like a hundred years ago. And if you've got ADHD, as if you're going to be good with keeping records. <laughs> you know? uh, and so I didn't really have anything. So I just wrote as much as I could, anything that I could remember. And I was hyper-focused. I was obsessed with noticing and I couldn't, it was actually got too much because every day 
the way that I think, the way that I go from one task to the other, the one way that I start on one task and might, you know, think, oh, this needs doing too. What should I do now? Which direction should I go? Just being hyper aware of my ADHD-ness was too much because it used to be just my life. It used to be just living and then I couldn't unsee it and I was desperate to get help because I thought I've heard of medication being life-changing and maybe things could be a lot easier. And then I tried medication, to be honest, and it started at a really low, really low dose. I started on Vyvanse at 20 milligrams, which is not enough to do anything, I believe. From I'm not a med. <laughs> That's my understanding. I've heard other medical people call that a placebo dose. Anyway, I don't know if I expected to feel something or if I had different wrong expectations. I don't know if it did something. I don't know if it worked or if it didn't work. Like I didn't really obviously feel different. And I felt like I was so relieved to be believed that I didn't want to hyper-focus and notice my ADHD-ness all day, every day anymore. I was like done with keeping track. I was done with taking notes all the time, which I was doing to get the diagnosis. And I actually think I need to do that a bit. So I went on this path of trying a couple of different meds with a doctor who at the end of try after trying that and concerta said, so maybe you just want to, you know, she said something along the lines of, I don't know, I felt like I was a failure by not responding the way that it's expected and saying, yay, this is working. And, yeah, I felt a bit confused by her asking, well, what do you want to do now, which is that's probably probably a fine question to ask, but I was a bit confused, like, don't you want to try me on other meds? Anyway, I just, at that point, I just left it for a while and I ended up getting a recommendation for another doctor but this was like I just left it for, for months and then I eventually heard of someone who a friend went to who she found really helpful. So I kept persisting with reaching out and I've decided, yeah, I've just recently had an appointment with, with somebody else and he, you know, I sent all the documentation to him. I didn't have to do all the tests because I'd already done them all, Sent, which I do recommend if you're going through something like this, have all the evidence so that also came in handy that I still had that from last time and I sent through all the different tests I'd done and stories from my life and all of these things. So he felt like he knew me before he met with me and he does believe that I have ADHD and he was like uncertain whether to try the medication I'd have before and just actually measure, just do a test before and after and measure whether the symptoms and the things that I noticed from having it are still true or not. I think the first time I'd didn't study it as much as I could have because I was it was too much for me to notice all the time it was like I didn't want to be critically evaluating me myself at that level I'd found it just too overwhelming and I think I'm ready now that I'm going to try again so he was wondering whether she should start with the stimulants again which I've already done before or just try with a non-stimulant can't remember which one but we're going to try with the stimulants because they're generally the ones that are mostly successful for most people and so I'm going to give that a crack I have to physically go and drive to his office which is annoying I had a telehealth appointment but he doesn't do e-scripts and I've got to drive out there which is gonna take a put a hole in my day so that's annoying why do they do mail anyway <laughs> but I gotta do that he was so generous with his time. He had to move me to another date and he was super generous and went way over and had a very thorough appointment, but it was telehealth. So I'm going to have a crack. So I guess I'll keep you in the loop and see how that goes. I'm going to try Vyvanse. He's going to start me on a higher dose on 40 and we'll go from there. 
And maybe this time with different expectations, I might notice. So, yeah, I'll keep you posted. And if you've got ADHD and you share like what the behavior modifications and things like that help you or your strategies or medications and what your journeys were and what you noticed and how you noticed and what it felt like, let me know. You know, all the ways you can contact me any which way you go ahead and do it. This is my invitation. That's it for me today. And I will see you in the next one. Make sure you like, share, rate, review, all the things. If you liked anything from this, then, you know, you can do a screenshot and share it in your stories and tag me and I will send you all the love and all the good positive vibes and karma. See you in the next one. Bye. I'm stepping in the next level me. I'm here to be everything I can be. Like a snake, I'm shedding my skin to be my love on next level me. I'm stepping in the next level me. I'm here to be everything I can be. Give you whiplash when you turn around and see me. Hello, it's Libby here. Have you ever wondered about what the key elements are that make a podcast truly stand out? Or maybe you're thinking about starting your own special podcast and feel a bit overwhelmed and don't know where to start. Well, I have something for you. Introducing the ultimate podcast checklist. It's a step-by-step guide that covers everything from the initial brainstorming to advanced growth strategies. It's the perfect companion for both new and seasoned podcasters. And the best part, it's absolutely free. (laughs) To grab your coffee, simply head to the show notes of this episode and you will find a direct link there and then away you go. Remember, every podcast started with that initial spark and the right resource. So let the ultimate podcasting checklist be yours.